Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Leanne Matthews. She is a speaking coach and facilitator at Present Yourself, Coca Biz, and TEDx St. Louis, lucky us. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Mish. You have been working with TEDx for quite a while. I have. I have. It's almost been, uh, I think it's been about a decade now. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, so we started uh-huh. a decade ago. Okay. Were, yeah, because Coca Biz was really with us from the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. you've seen all the speakers, and you've facilitated speakers, and you get, so when, so when anybody comes to one of our events, Leanne is backstage with the speakers, getting them ready because it's nerve-wracking for the speakers that day. It's, yes, it's a big, big deal. Huge deal. Yes. Right. And, and of course they are nervous. They would be superhuman if they weren't. <laughs> um, and I also get them ready as far as just helping them warm up their voices, their articulators, their bodies. You know, doing a TED Talk is a full body, mind, and spirit uh, endeavor. Well, and, you know, one of the things I talk about is how, you know, you're out there on that red rug and there's nothing in front of you. And you and we have you basically when you you pretty much memorize that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I know that when the speakers are done with, you know, on stage, they're like. Oh my gosh, it's just this huge relief that they feel afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, huge. But you know, what I think is really neat is that uh, TEDx St. Louis takes a lot of time to help them get prepared. Right. Um, I know, I, I think that, that it's pretty extraordinary actually. And it actually I, is. Yeah. Yeah, not, not everyone, uh, not all TEDx's have speakers that they highly facilitate. Uh, and it shows because we we get a lot of our talks on TED, so mm-hmm. we're doing something right. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I think that process is is so important to success, you know. And I think that's true of most things. Like there is a process and a level of preparation that is required to do things well. And and a lot of people don't know what that process is. When it comes to creating a TED Talk. Because it looks easy. People often say to me, oh, I thought that they just got up there and talked. And I'm like, yeah, because it looks easy. Right. But for it to look easy takes hours upon hours of work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you do a lot more than than um, speak speaking coach and all of that. I mean, you are so talented. You have a lot. To tell, tell us everything. Well, thank you. I, my background is theater. Mm-hmm. That is, I come to to really everything I do in life through the lens of a theater artist. Um, and, and that's certainly what has informed my, uh, my, my coaching practice as far as public speaking and storytelling and TED Talks and all of that. I, I am so well-versed and trained in uh, the the background of theater that that's what I bring to that and um, my kind of full time day job if if you were to call it that is with the Fox Performing Arts Foundation mm-hmm. and we are committed to providing opportunities for young people to engage in the arts in a lot of different ways. Yay, yay! And so where is that at? Well, we're located. Our offices are located down in the Central West End. Okay, right, uh, we are yeah. totally associated with the Fox Theater, and you know some of our bigger 
programs are connected to the Fox in that we give opportunities to young people to actually perform on the Fox stage. Oh, that's cool. And the Fox Theater, you know, I remember, um, I mean, I'm old enough now to know, remember when they were going to, when it kind of went away mm-hmm. and it was just sitting there and nothing was happening with it. And then there was talk of making it into a parking garage and all this and I was, oh, <laughs> you know, and um Luckily, they didn't. I mean, if you go in the Fox Theater, you'll see why we really shouldn't have made that into a parking garage. It it needs to be what it is. But my grandma, when she was young, used to go there every Saturday. And it was for like a quarter. She mm-hmm. would get dance lessons and they'd watch movies. And it'd be this whole day-long thing at the Fox Theater, which it's got such a beautiful, rich history. And now all the amazing musicals and bands and what plays that have come through here it's just a gem it is absolutely and you know that that restoration is is just such a gift to the city i mean that's mary strauss and and she really head up that entire project and if you if you ever go on the tour of the Fox Theater, which I highly recommend, you'll learn all sorts of very intentional detail work that went into that restoration. One of my favorites is if you look down on the carpet, there's elephants. It's all elephants. And every single elephant anywhere you go in the Fox Theater is facing the stage. Really? Yep. Oh, that's cool. Now I want to go just to look at the elephants. Yep. But do cool? you get you go a lot? To the I box. get to go often, and it's just so wonderful. What, like you what said, what have you seen lately that we need to know about? Oh well, gosh, I mean, I, I, I I'm so, I, I'm so blessed because I, I love the Fox Theater, I love musical theater, and now one of my responsibilities in this job that I have is facilitating what they call the educational encore series. So um, one performance for each show that tours hosts a talk back after the show so a few cast members come out sometimes crew members uh we had a musician for beetlejuice and um we have a little q a session oh fun with the whole audience no not with the whole audience we have uh school groups that come to the shows now they're technically they're open to to people who see the show that particular night if they if they stick around but um but they are geared toward um, an educational slant for school groups. But oh, it's pretty fun. neat to, to be able to chat with them. And tell me about the students that get to do this. This sounds like so much fun for them. Um, I mean, these are obviously kids that are interested in theater, or is it a, hey, everybody just show up and maybe this will stick with you and maybe it won't? <laughs> I think a little of both, probably. Okay. Got you. Yeah, got yeah. Uh, a lot of times schools will book tours or, or you know, shows. And so uh, it's just a full um, group of students from all sorts of different levels of interest as far as the theater is concerned. But, okay. but the, the point is, is that they are engaging with the arts. And something that I'm really committed to is bringing the arts out into the public beyond just the kids who are actively interested. 
but to everyone. Right. Because I think the arts can touch us in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And even if, and I like the word engage with the arts because it doesn't necessarily mean I want to learn how to sing and dance or I want to learn how to paint. It might mean I'm going to sit in the audience and be moved by this. Or I'm going to, you know, drive down the street in St. Louis and see a beautiful mural on the side of a building and feel better about my community because of it. Oh, I love public art. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's something I, I would like more of. Yeah, I think we're trending that way for sure. Yeah, we are. It's good. Yeah. Regional Arts Commission is mm-hmm. on it. So I'm I'm excited to see what we're going to be doing yeah. with our lovely city. Um, so where did this all start for you? I mean, just like how old were you when you thought, I want to do this. I want to be on stage. I want to learn how to be in the arts in a way that other people might just get to watch. You're like in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was a really shy child. Really? Yes. And I had one of those best girlfriends who was really bossy and always told me what to do. <laughs> and we were in fourth grade. And she said, come on, we're going to audition for this play. And I was like, oh, what? No. <laughs> What, I have to sing? No, no. And so very timid, but she was my boss. She ah, was the boss of me. So ya. she drug me along. It was Oliver. Uh, and I sang Happy Birthday to Kermit. Oh, fun. For my audition. And I was very, very timid and very, very quiet. And uh, I got to be in the chorus of the play. And the first time I stepped out on stage... I just, I don't know, something happened to me, and I just came alive in a way I'd never experienced before. I couldn't stop smiling, and we were supposed to act like these hungry orphans, <laughs> and I just couldn't stop smiling. That kid is optimistic, <laughs> even though that kid is hungry, just optimism. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, really, I the bug bit me, and I did not stop. I sought out every opportunity. I I. I was lucky enough in my community. I grew up in Reno, Nevada. I was going to ask you, are you from St. Louis? Reno, Nevada, yep. really? Yep. Okay. So right. pretty small community at that time, yeah. uh, for sure. And uh, not a lot going on, but luckily there was a youth theater group there. And I lived there. I just lived there. I did everything I could. And, and as a kid, I became one of those kids who was so... Uh, dedicated to what I was doing that even in the adult plays they would ask me to you know work props backstage or things like that because they trusted me as as a young person to you know be reliable in that way and it was just because I just loved being there and I didn't care what I was doing I just wanted to be in that environment well now I have to know how you got to St. Louis I traveled a lot. Okay. So after I left college, I I lived the, the kind of nomadic lifestyle that a lot of people in show business live. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went to where the gigs were. Gotcha. And and that took me a lot of really cool places. Oh, like to where? Um, well, I worked for Tokyo Disney, so I lived in Tokyo for six months. Oh, fun. Yeah, that was really fun. I also did dinner theater in the middle of Alaska. Oh, wow. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I worked on a cruise ship where I got to travel in Europe for eight months on a cruise ship. So I've, I really got to see a lot of the world. And oh, that sounds like fun. It was it was great. Yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of there's a lot of pressure in my business of musical theater to get to New York. 
get to New York, get to New York. Right. And I kept getting these awesome travel opportunities and put off going to New York. And I just kept putting it off and putting it off. And eventually my life just, I mean, things just kept filling in. And then I realized I don't, that's okay. Yeah, I don't need to I don't get have there. I to go to New York. Yeah. I can, I can do this in another way. In another way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's been a very circuitous path to bring me to St. Louis by way of, uh, all, you know, all sorts of stops. I came here to do a show called Menopause the Musical. I remember this one. It was a big one. It was very popular. In fact, I think it still holds the record as being the longest running musical in St. Louis. Really? Yeah. Ooh, us women in St. Louis wanted to know a lot about menopause. All right. It was quite an experience, I have to say. It was, you know, it's... I. I came here, I was still in my 30s. I was in my late 30s when I came here. So I had not yet experienced all of the things that our characters were singing about. Ah, yeah. um, mm-hmm. But what I did really love about that experience was how empowering it was for women. Well, yeah. It was huge. Because it's it's still kind of like, it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Like finally, like it's getting out there. But I remember, you know, oh, you go to Google to learn everything. And I was going to Google thinking, do we not talk about this? Why aren't we talking about this? Doesn't everybody go through this? All mm-hmm. women go through this at some point. Yeah. And um, it surprised me how little information there really was to help you just explain what's going on. And it just, like you said, it not only was it not provided to us as information, it was not talked about between women even. I mean, it was very closed doors kind of conversations about yeah. menopause. Yeah. And and if you think back to, like the show opened originally, I think in like 2002 or three or something like oh, that. So, wow. so okay. if you think about that generation of women, they might not have even had Google right. to help them. Yeah, 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 and, exactly. And, and so what were, how were they coping with it? And, and all of a sudden they come to this little show and they're in a room with 200 or 300 other women and they're seeing these, all of these experiences being, you know, played out in these funny songs and stories and yeah. things like that. And it's just all of a sudden women who don't know each other are high-fiving each other in the middle of the show. Yeah, and, yeah, I experienced that one. Oh, and that's okay. That's and, normal. Yes. And right. then like, oh my gosh, I finally feel seen. Right. And, and so it was just an amazing, incredible experience to How do that show. Cool. And so much more fun than, honestly, than I anticipated it was going to be. Right. You're like, I'm in menopause, the musical. Hmm. Right. I was in my late 30s. I was like, what's happening to my career? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and I mean, I, it, was a, it was a life-changing thing for so many reasons because it, it brought me here to St. Louis. I met my now husband during that time and and kind of uh, found a home here and I'd been you know so transient for such a long time that I did not expect here to be my final landing spot right. but that's just sometimes how life works yeah oh yeah. how cool well, I'm glad I'm glad you landed here I am too <laughs> I am too and and I I feel like since I've been here there have been so many so many parts of my career and my experiences with the theater and with the arts in general that I would never have anticipated had I just carried on with this sort of, you know, nomadic lifestyle that I was living before. I don't right. think I could have dug into some of the 
the more meaningful sides of work that I've been doing. If I if I had have just still been bouncing around, plus it's exhausting. It. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, so yeah, I was. I mean, I get it. I did the for. I traveled around a long time mm -hmm. for a career, and people, you know, oh, that's so fun, and it is fun. But there does become a time where you're like. I really just want to plant my feet. I, I'm so tired of getting on airplanes and traveling around all over the place. And hotels are nice until, you know, for me anyway, um, I traveled a lot, uh, like 35 weeks out of the year. And there'd be days I'd wake up and I'd be like, what city am I in? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. what, 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 what is today? What am I doing? What's going, you know, it just was, it, it's disorienting yeah. after a while. Yeah, there so. was a time where I had a P.O. box in California uh, my driver's license was Florida. My cell phone was New York. My storage unit was in Alabama, of all oh, places. Gosh. Uh, I, I mean, I just, I had, they're just like a life kind of spread out all right. over the place. And, um, and I was very proud of that at the time. I was like, this is great, you know. But that would certainly not be great for my lifestyle now yeah. i like i like my home and my cats and my bed and <laughs> how many cats do you have i have two cats oh yeah. i love cats too. Me too i have one that is actually my daughter's but then she just got another one <laughs> she's going to school in denver so no i have two uh-huh <laughs> do they get along we don't know yet uh -huh. she literally just got this other cat she was like it was one of those phone calls where it was mom don't be mad i thought oh no what and it was she got another cat but it in all reality um it, i i really think that her getting that cat and having that cat in um if she goes to school in denver was really helpful for her you know just dealing with all the stress and anxiety of being a student with mm -hmm. a job and you know, so much to do and she she she's like a student ambassador for her um college and it's it's just a lot you know you you kind of forget how stressful it is to be a college student until, oh, and now that imagine. i'm seeing it through her eyes i'm like oh i remember this i remember i remember not getting a lot of sleep and studying constantly and mm -hmm. you know it's a lot so yeah and don't a cat don't you think it's even worse now like harder now well i think that they're the expectations are more because it's not just get good grades it's now get an internship and and get these and like you know you be a part of this at school and that at school and you know but with her um i am really happy that she ended up landing an amazing job that's actually in her what you know what she's going to be doing someday in interior design and meeting the right people and so that part of it is great but it's a lot mm -hmm. it's a it, it's a, there's a lot of expectation there and and pet therapy is a wonderful thing and i'm telling you this is working mm -hmm. like, you know her having this little kitty cat around mm -hmm. is working yeah it works so. for me that's for sure yeah yeah so. all right and you also just you're also a, a coach for just people that want to hire you yeah you to like i mm -hmm. i need to be better on stage i want to do speaking make me better yeah. so how do people find out about you uh my website is presentyourself.me and I'm on LinkedIn, and and um, those are probably the two main ways that people find me. Okay. A lot of it's word of mouth, of course. Right. I and a lot of it, you know. Um, so, 
So you've mentioned Coca Biz a couple of times, uh-huh. and I should just, you know, Coca is the Center of Creative Arts, and the Biz is part of the applied arts teaching that we do, where we go into different businesses and corporations and nonprofits and offer workshops that are arts based, but that are uh, with a an outcome that is kind of centered around a goal that would be more realistic for you know a business person right. or a professional. Um, in any field really. And so a lot of my private coaching clients have come from being in a workshop and being like, I'd like to even improve further. And so, and it's, you know, that's been a really fun experience for me because I've gotten to work with a lot of really extraordinary people, certainly a lot of TED speakers who are just brilliant and so magnificent. And and just lots of people. I think that you know, being um, being a coach uh, attracts people who really want to be better. Yeah. And people who have a growth mindset. Because getting on a stage is that's that's leadership. Exactly. That is a huge part of if you want if you want to be considered a leader, mm-hmm. you need to be able to get up on a stage and talk to people. Right. Right. And yeah. if you have some brilliant idea or wonderful story that that is just burning within you and you need to share it, you have to be able to communicate that. Yeah. You have to be able to effectively like reach all the people that you want to reach, right? In a non-rambling manner. In a non-rambling <laughs> manner, in a in an interesting manner, in an emotional manner, in a way that really connects with your audience. And and I really applaud people who realize that and seek outside help. Yeah, because it, there it's a skill and there's things that you need yeah. to learn i um i help people as well and and i'm always astonished at you know the people that have this talk like a lot like some people come to me like here's my talk mm-hmm. make let's make it better and i would say 95 percent of the time i'm saying hey that amazing insight you share in the middle is actually the beginning right <laughs> you know yep. so many people wait they got like have so much they like do this whole thing in the beginning before they get to the stuff that really is the thing that people go oh oh i better pay attention right you know? yeah and so he's like let's, let's start with the pay attention part exactly so that people you don't you know or else you, you might lose people they've we've got phones right we'll get lost in our phones really easily exactly. if you don't catch me from the beginning i agree and we're our attention spans are so shortened by all of that like quick media that we get yep that it's it's very important to kind of grab people right from the beginning yeah and gone, gone are the days where we need the whole history Right. Ahead of time. No, you can no. interweave it a bit, mm-hmm. but re- th- remember that that was the thing for a long time. It's like here's the whole history, and now we get to the good stuff. Or you'd buy the book, and you'd have here's the entire history, and then now here's why you bought the book. And I was always like, where's the? I, I don't want. I just want to get to the. No yeah. offense to history, but. I bought yeah. this book for the specific information, and yes. I don't want to have to learn the entire history to get exactly. There. It's like looking up a recipe online. <gasps> right? I'm so glad now they have the little button that says jump to the recipe. I know. Thank I always, gosh. I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I, well, I do. I actually do. I'm in this world. I know why we why they have all that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I don't 
what to read all the ins and outs of the different sorts of cheeses and why you so why you chose this cheese for this yeah. recipe. Yeah. And, I'm sure some uh, people do want to read that. So, but yeah. I yeah, I don't either. I want to jump to the recipe yeah, and get me too. To exactly to where I need to be. <laughs> right. Like, There's a reason, and I got to do this. You mm-hmm. know. So, oh my gosh, that's so funny. I love yep. that. So tell people. Okay. So we we know where we can find out more about you now. I'm going to ask you my fun questions. Oh, fun questions. Those were fun already. Well, you know, but this is like, let's just take our conversation somewhere else. Okay. I want to know what a mindfulness certification is. Oh. (laughs) Yes. I I stalked you ahead of time. Oh, I should. I should probably take that out of my bio. But (laughs) I I do. It is. It is not a lie. I, I during the pandemic, I went online and took a course in mindfulness. Oh, cool. That that gave me a, a certification. And I'm doing air quotes when I say certification, <laughs> by the way. I, I get it. Uh-huh. I get it. Um, I, it was, I, I do try to practice mindfulness. I do believe mm-hmm. in that as me a philosophy, yep. as a way of life, and as a, a great way to kind of navigate things that are anxiety producing, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I would certainly not, I, I think I use mindfulness in my, approach to most things i'm positive you do yeah yeah but i would not if you came to me and said i want you to coach me in mindfulness i would say you should find someone else (laughs) (laughs) but it is mindfulness is so important Mm -hmm. i mean it will you can always just say go look at joe pang's tedx talk (laughs) right yes (laughs) exactly um but mindfulness is it's awareness Mm -hmm. it's mindful it's paying attention to what's going on um which is such an important life skill Mm -hmm. if you're going through life like the zombie and not paying attention you're missing so much Mm, i agree and we do that it's so easy to do that to just lock into this automatic pilot and yeah. coast, but agree. But life is way more interesting. It, yes. Way more interesting when you're mindful. Yes. And so are people, I think. Yes, and absolutely. I think mindfulness is a great tool to sit with someone in the present moment and sort of receive them as they are mm-hmm. and not cast judgment or or try to manipulate the situation in any way, but just like acceptance. Right. And I'm I'm astonished at, you know, this has happened to me so many times where um, I'll say, I, oh yeah, I'm having lunch with our meeting and a person has said, oh, that, and they say something about this person that's not very nice. And I'm always the person that's just like thinking, I'll decide for myself. And how many times I've met that person and thought, why did this other person have an issue? This person's great. And mm-hmm. I and not only from that first time I meet them, but as the years pass, they're they're still good with me. I, I don't understand what the issue is. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So um and so sometimes I think that maybe there's that bad first experience with someone mm-hmm. and you don't give them you don't keep giving them chances, um, which could be, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like we're quick to kind of label those things yeah. too, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh I don't like this person or we don't get along or we see things really differently and those are so those sound so permanent and yeah. fixed right as opposed to okay we might not see eye to eye on this situation but you know relationships no matter what kind I think are evolving things they're not they're living breathing yeah. organisms and it can't and, just be a 
Yeah. You know? Well, it is true though. When when people say I, we don't see eye to eye, I'm like, but that's good. Mm-hmm. That's great for t- having a conversation. Like, why do you see it that way? Tell me more. You can learn a lot of really interesting things about people, and quite frankly, find a common ground. Usually, a lot of times, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. When it really comes down to it, we're more alike than we know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Well, and it can be messy getting there sometimes. Yeah. And I don't always like the mess. I will I you know, I'm certainly guilty of of passing on the mess sometimes. Right. And well, or sometimes you learn more about the person and think, I shall now love you from afar. Right. Yes. <laughs> or Which is also okay to do. Not love you much <laughs> at all. But this let is you just not going just to work. Go do your thing. <laughs> and don't be in my sphere on my cloud. So this is going to be a difficult question. So, okay. and I, and, and so not, I don't want to say who is your favorite TEDx speaker because there's no way. We have had too many mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. TEDx. But just is there a TEDx speaker that um, maybe you use that that experience of them in other things you've done? Like I worked with a speaker one time and like they just maybe a significant memory from working with some of the speakers. Um. I think hmm, that is a really oh, hard shoot. question. I was hoping a I really was going to make it question. easier because there's, there's um, so many great experiences. There are. And so I, I think I'll, I'll share a story that doesn't single out any one speaker, but that, I don't know, You'll maybe this story will satisfy this question. Okay, I'm I, sure it will. When I first started uh, doing, so my entry into TEDx was uh, through Coca Biz. Right. And I uh, do this workshop called Speak the Speech, which you have seen many times, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a public speaking workshop. It's a storytelling workshop. And it's basically about how to present with your body, your voice, your face, your intention. And it takes a lot of stuff from the theater world mm-hmm. and translates it into a TED talk or a presentation about finance or whatever it can be. And when I first started teaching that workshop was about the same time that I started working with TED. And the I think the first or second time that I taught it, I did not know who any of the TED speakers were. And then I went to the event and I heard them speak and I heard all of their brilliant ideas and the things that they were doing to change the world. And I thought, I am so, I would have been so intimidated (laughs) had I known this about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet they all came to me and thanked me and and were so appreciative of of the knowledge that I was so second nature to me. And it really made me realize that, you know, there is, we all have something to offer. Yeah. And in this room full of amazing, brilliant entrepreneurs and and idea people and and game changers in all these different industries and, and places, I had value to them. Right. And that right. was huge to me as far as just having some some kind of faith and and self-efficacy in what the in the work that I was doing and really I mean the bulk of our speakers are are they are brilliant and amazing and accomplished human beings but they are not all into their ego Mm -mm. I mean they're like really humble people they understand 
that what you're doing on a TEDx stage is you are giving a gift to the audience. Mm-hmm. That is the, the it's just I, I am transferring this amazing information to you audience yep. that you may take and do with as you wish. Right. And um and I you know that's the thing I I notice about our speakers is that they can be just the higher up of the higher ups and yet they're they're amazing good people right you know yeah it's just they're easy to work with for that reason i couldn't agree more i think they're it's just been such a valuable experience to be in the room with that kind of it is amazing brilliance and one of the so what so what you do for us is and you know and this this podcast is all about kindness and what you do for us is a kindness you are volunteering your time Mm -hmm. to help us to make all of this happen um so share with us some kind of kindness whatever it is top of mind that you witnessed received or given as of late Mm. I think it's a great kindness that you invited me onto this ah. podcast. <laughs> well, so. I wanted to. I mean, how, we've known each other for so long, and, right? and it was like, oh, you know, I mean, it's it's interesting because there's so these there's all these people right there that everyone's like, why haven't I, why haven't I had Leanne on my? I need to have her on my podcast. My gosh, she's just amazing, and I get to. For me, the kindness part of it is one, learning more about you, right? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know you're from Reno. I didn't know all your history. It's not, you know, usually when we're together, we, there's work to be done. We got we right. got stuff to do. We, yep. got, we got TEDx speakers to be Millions of people around. To, and, you know, yeah. wow, you know. Yeah. Um, we don't get to really like hang out and talk as much. And mm-hmm. so thank you. Thank you. Uh, this has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. That's well, thank fun. you for all your brilliance, ma'am. Oh. I certainly appreciate it. Well, and right I back love getting you. to know more about you. This was way fun. Yeah, it was. Thank you. And as of this, so this recording will come out after our event, but okay. we're three days before an actual Tedx event. We so sure I'm are excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna be fun. We're ready. Yeah, oh yeah, it's Nervous, gonna be a good one. But ready. These are some wonderful women. Yeah. So if you're listening to this live, go get your tickets at TEDx St. Louis Women. It's a women's event. We'll see you there. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Leanne. Thank you. And everyone out there, you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast, and go out and be the kind that you are. Thank you. 